Hi everybody. I hope all of you all are doing good. Uh, last week we had a discussion with uh, Ronak who had uh, done his MBA and got into product management. Uh, today with us uh, we have Omana. So let's uh, understand from her on uh, what route that uh, she took to get into product management. Now before we get into the details, Omana can you introduce yourself and tell us a little more about yourself? Hi Krishna Mank thank you for having me here first of all uh so yeah i'll start with uh i'm a cs btech graduate from vit velour i graduated in 2016 uh i work with swiggy i'm a product manager currently at swiggy uh i look at working right from cart to cx to a little bit of promotions and a little bit of everything uh because we work in the new initiatives team within swiggy uh so this is my first job from college by the way uh so i graduated in 2016 and i directly moved into swiggy right after with a campus placement offer i started out as an ops manager i was supposed to start out as an ops manager but then i ended up working with the city team i worked on some growth initiatives i worked with uh, growth at a central level throughout uh, india and then from there i moved to product operations and then here i am today working with the product management team uh it's been around 5 and a half years uh with swiggy and uh, i'm i'm from hyderabad so i primarily lived in south and uh, yeah so that's my short history of who i am and where i am right now okay can you uh, run us through the journey because uh, you 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 talked about the different roles that you have played can you just give us a glimpse about uh, what you did in these roles yeah uh so actually when i started out uh so the campus placement offer that i got by the way in 2015 had the term operations manager uh when i joined honestly i did not know what an operations manager is meant to do uh so i thought theek hai like something new let me try this out and of course in college no idea all ready to just get out of college and be an adult uh so i joined swiggy with the idea that i'd be working in let's say operations as a function uh but then i think back then in 2015 2016 swiggy was also like still figuring out we were in the very very like initial stage of the company trying to grow trying to do new things trying to trying to do a lot of growth hack activities to just like uh get that uh, spike of growth so i started working with the bangalore city team as an intern by the way i started out as an intern uh because i was done with my courses earlier uh so i joined swiggy first as an intern uh i worked primarily on um i would call it like initiatives to grow orders outside of your bau activities which is uh, i did extension of late night uh, deliveries in couple of areas in bangalore launched new areas in bangalore uh, launched breakfast orders in bangalore so i worked on a lot of uh, smaller projects which would add like a little more orders to swiggy uh, from there so about a year and a half uh, this is by the way internship plus the full time job that i started with swiggy i worked with the bangalore uh, city team uh, when you mean launched uh, the breakfast orders uh, what exactly were your activities and actually before she starts answering that question for people uh, i think because umona has been at swiggy for five and a half years she is going to definitely use some slang so bau is business as usual uh, on oh, how sorry. things are moving on so uh, listeners don't worry about it i think if you can actually so there is a list of slangs which is circulated when you join swiggy on okay don't worry what is lm what is uh, fm etc etc so we'll keep on explaining these slangs as in when umona keeps on <laughs> calling them out 
Yeah. Uh, so I think the problem statement given to me back then was that, hey, we're doing business from, let's say, uh, 11am to 10pm every day. Let's figure out more number of hours that we can operate in. Now that includes everything, right? Figuring out the supply, figuring out the demand, figuring out uh, how do we reach out to those users? How do we let them know that we're available at uh, hours like that? So I sort of designed the entire plan around how we can ensure that we get more orders out of extra hours of business, right? Now though, it's it's very normal for us to open an area and we function, let's say from 6 a.m. to about 3 a.m. at night. But earlier, uh, back in about 2016, we did not have the means to do it. Uh, and it was something that we were just venturing into, right? Like we were figuring out, so we figured out lunch and dinner is something that we do really well. Now let's try and figure out other slots. Let's try and get more number of meals out of, uh, you know, for the user, uh, for us to service for the user, right? So that's where uh, the problem statement given to me was that, uh, hey, let's figure out either extra number of hours where we can do orders or let's figure out geographies where we can do more orders, right? Uh, so I started working with, let's say, the sales team, figured out, okay, where, where are our supply pockets? Uh, cut down that supply by time, cut down that supply by geography. Uh, then I worked with the vendor management team to figure out, okay, how many of our existing players already cater to supply in, in the different kinds of cuts that we're looking at? Then we reached out to the ops team to figure out that, hey, can we get uh, delivery partners to work around these hours or these geographies? Then we worked with the market marketing team to figure out, hey, what are the kind of users we're reaching out to? Uh, what do we need to tell them? What do we need to offer them? What kind of use cases are they looking uh, for to be solved for, right? Do they want Chinese food? Do they want South Indian food? So going through that entire journey of uh, literally like doing like a small launch, I would say, like a very, very small business launch uh, in areas in extra hours. So that's sort of the problem statement that I was uh, looking at back then. So, so Umana, to summarize, you actually, uh, okay, so the first project that you worked on, worked on actually helped you get an understanding of how do you actually speak to the restaurants, how do you uh, get them yes. to uh, identify restaurants who are willing to do late night orders, because see, in Bangalore, if you were starting in Bangalore, that's a, a challenge in itself, right, because the supply is not yeah. available in the night. Yeah. Then you also have to figure out which other restaurants are very good in serving good breakfast. So you build a collection for the customers from that point of view. So you actually understood that front. Then you also figure out you have to have drivers available uh, at night and early morning because that was generally not, not a norm. So you would have interacted with the operations team on ground to set that up. And then also the customer experience because this was something new that you were doing. So you had to also take care of the customer experience. And are the customers liking it, etc., cetera, et cetera. So you yeah. get, you got a sense of all these three things and understood how actually the end-to-end flow works. Got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Amana, so what happened after one and a half years? After one and a half years uh, was where uh, I think, uh, of course, Swiggy is a very fast-growing environment where everyone's talking about, okay, what can we do next? What's the next big thing that we can all work on? Uh, so that's where, and given back then, the environment was very different. Right? It was a small team. Everyone knew everyone. So uh, I happened to speak to my manager, uh, saying that, hey, what do I do next? Like, you know, what else can I pick up or what else can I do? So my manager uh, suggested that, hey, why don't you look at working on a larger team? Why don't you move from the city context to something a little larger? Maybe work in the central context, work for the entire platform altogether. Uh, so then my manager spoke to more managers and then said, you know, hey, here's Amona. Uh, you know, if there's something cool that you guys are solving for, you know, she'd be interested to help out. Uh, so then I spoke to a couple of people, uh, people working in different sections of the company, right? Some people particularly focused on uh, solving the supply challenges for the brand. Some people particularly focused on uh, solving for expansion as a problem, like throughout the country, expanding into more geographies, uh, more cities, tier two cities. 
uh, some people structurally trying to establish a central function within Swiggy. Uh, so that is something that I found interesting. Uh, so I happened to join the central business team of Swiggy, the first ever central business team of Swiggy back in uh, 2017. Uh, so we were like a team of three, four people. Uh, so we were uh, sort of divided into looking at some, some set of people just working on processes for the core business. That is, uh, what metrics do we track? What uh, what targets do we take? How how's the health of the business in each of the main cities? How's the health of the business in let's say newer cities? Then there was a portion of the team that worked on uh, sort of something that I was doing at a city level, which is uh, what are the other opportunities centrally that can be driven, right? Like like geography expansion was one big thing that we were looking at, and I was again particularly looking at extension of hours. How many more hours of business can we do? Uh, so from there in central business, uh, one of the projects that I primarily worked on was how do I do the late night extension pan India. Uh, so I worked with uh, the Mumbai city team, I worked with the Pune city team, I worked with the Delhi city team, uh, all across trying to get uh, us to extend more hours, provide more options for late night, uh, set an example for supply folks out there saying that, hey, you know, there is potential for business late night, there is demand for business late night, why don't you start out doing extra couple of hours, uh, sent out a very good pitch to all of them saying that, you know, why don't we share this with the restaurant owners, show them the examples that we have created in Bangalore and uh, sort of work towards targets of how we can get more orders uh, late night. From there, again, things change a lot. Things move really fast. Uh, I also started working on, uh, because we're a growing platform, uh, the term conversion became very important, which is if you have 100 users coming onto your platform, how many out of the 100 are buying from you? Uh, so that was a very broad problem statement put to us back then, that how do we ensure if there are 100 people coming in and let's say, 40 people, how do you make 40 people buy from you? If today 10 people are buying from you, can you bring that number to 20? Uh, so we started out with first understanding the factors that affect that metric, right? Uh, so I worked with the, uh, I worked with Soumya Gupta uh, back in uh, 2017 and uh, we started figuring out what's the right way to look at this metric. Uh, how should we draw insights out of this metric? Like how do we tell people that, okay, these are the things which is affecting this metric of yours. These are the things you need to look at to ensure that this metric is moving. So I sort of literally learned the science behind conversions back then. And uh, we sort of developed a plan around how we can influence this metric. What do we need to do to uh, move this metric? How do we uh, how do we speak to teams and explain these things to them? How do they take targets on this metric? So we started working on that. Uh, this was about the end of 2017, maybe not actually earlier, uh, sorry, 2018, 2018. And uh, that's when I sort of had been having conversations. I started working with some product managers back then while I was working on the whole conversion project. Uh, so that's where I was introduced to this concept called product management, which I did not know of again until then. I happened to meet people. I happened to understand that, okay, there is something about product management. Uh, they they do something. I don't know what they do, but they definitely do something which which lets you see what they do, right? Like you see it on an app or you see, you, you can feel, touch, you can use it. So that's what I thought they did. They, they made things which you can use. Uh, so I had a bit of interaction with them back then, like a couple of product managers for whatever things that we were working on. And that's where I was introduced to the concept of product operations. Uh, this was about 2018 to 2019 when uh, Swiggy was quite, I, I would say decent size, not large of course, or not too small, but uh, where we started feeling the need to have a new team. 
uh, again we did not know probably what was product operations let, let me yeah. pause you there before we get into the product ops so in summary you played uh, two roles uh, before you got into product ops and uh, until then you did not know what a product management is uh, so yeah. what levers were you using in your first role and in your second role to get conversions uh, and to expand when you say levers do you mean what resources i had to do that we just had excel and we just had uh, loads and loads of uh conversations with people to understand how you run these things how you do these things because we had limited data to back then right like we did not have intelligent systems we did not have uh, very sophisticated data available we were just working with like a lot of crude data uh, i remember working on like thousands and thousands of excel sheets building models on it uh, doing like very very basic excel modeling and doing predictions doing projections uh through that and uh, a lot of our planning also based on examples right like let's say uh back then we used to call hyderabad and bangalore like our model cities if something worked for let's say a bangalore we try to figure out how did it work what did we do for it to work there and we try to like create a playbook out of it and try to replicate it in other places of course there would be nuances to like let's say what i did in bangalore maybe did not work for pune and that would be like learning edit the playbook accordingly and then expand so we worked sort of on like examples of what was being done earlier okay so in the role where you had to look at conversion how did you uh, get people to uh, convert so when i was working uh, on conversions i was primarily trying to establish how as an org we should start looking at conversions uh, so what we did was we did small experiments so that's where the culture of experimentation as such kicked in for us where we said okay let's do smaller experiments to see how you can influence this metric and again experiments done in very very basic format right like pick up a set of restaurants try something something on them pick up a city try something there pick up an area try something there uh do like a pre post of it see what it was before see what happened after and then switch off that effect and see what happened again uh so that's how we ran experiments to see what metric we could influence so this could uh i'll give you a couple of examples we did something around let's say something to influence the menu conversion right how many ever people came to your menu page did they actually buy something so we tried with better imagery on the menu better descriptions on the menu uh then let's say we were talking about cart uh did we do better communication about pricing over there did we talk about uh uh did we have good cod limits for you or oh, sorry cod cash on delivery limits for you right uh so we did very small things and uh, with the means that we had i mean we did not have like a platform which would enable you to do let's say uh your ab tests etc we did it in whatever shape and form we could which is uh, try it out in we picked two similar areas let's say uh, we try it out in one area and we don't and then we compare results we compare results from before the experiment and then after the experiment So we did things like that to gauge what difference we were able to make. Okay. So where was the Swiggy app at that point of time in terms of the maturity? So uh, like I said, right, my life was only Excel. There was nothing else. Excel, PPT, Word doc, ठीक है. That was so there. But uh, all my data, knowledge, presentation, source of truth, everything was just Excel, and that's how we worked. Okay. so most of the levers what you did were understanding this data and modifying the layouts in the app so that in one city you were changing the layout and then comparing yeah. it with some other city and then seeing whether that is yeah. enabling conversion yes 
Okay. So to to summarize what you did in the second part of the role was to do things that you did in the first role at scale, and you started doing those experiments which you were doing in a smaller uh, at a smaller scale in a small city. You actually figured out processes on how you can do it on a larger scale, and then uh, launch these things uh, in all the cities and not only a specific zone. Is that correct? Yes. So that's actually very well put. So I was doing things on a very small scale before, and then. i had to learn how to replicate these and make it work at a larger scale and like i said my example was the smaller scale that we tried out in let's say a few cities and then we make a playbook out of it and we tried out on like larger uh, number of cities and let's say num- lo- lots of users getting influenced by it and experiment experimentation uh, as krishna was mentioning right experimentation was one lever which you actually used to sort of set these processes up and figure out the best thing that works for the company omena then you sort of moved uh, understood a lot of uh, things about business operations and uh, setting up processes for scale uh, then you mentioned right so you moved to a, a product operations role right so in general uh, as per my understanding i actually also started with uh, product operations but i realized that i was doing product ops after i moved to product and i was in the uh, so the perception was hey i am only doing ops there is nothing special called product operations so in general people have a very limited understanding of what exactly is product operations so maybe uh, and, and before we actually get into explaining what product operations is i think you have done couple of switches right in general yeah. uh, it's very difficult for people to actually uh, make that transition and speak to their managers about it say hey uh, these are my aspirations and i actually want to move move to a different role because they think what what would their managers do and if i don't get a uh, get a transition in some other role i might actually end up losing what i have i am doing and my manager might end up losing faith in me right so how have you yeah. actually tackled that right so i think that's that's something which which people would love to know more about yeah uh, so i've had i've had a very simple principle of i i've kept things very honest and transparent with my managers because it's simpler to work that way also in general uh so every time i felt that you know i'm let's say going through a slump at work or not uh, feeling challenged in uh or i want to try out something new the first person i generally speak to or reach out to about these uh, emotions uh it's always been my manager at, at every stage right whether it was in the city team or when i moved to central business where i have actually worked with three different managers there so i've always had a very honest conversation with my manager uh where i've explained to the manager about uh, what my aspirations are and what i'm feeling right now uh what i would like to do and how i want to approach it right like i also have a conversation around let's say if i do wish to move on to another team or if i do want to like you know apply to a new role within the org i will also ensure that i wrap up my projects here or i do my handovers as expected so i will help uh, like i will i would smoothly like you know do the transition for the new person let's say who would take up Uh, my responsibilities and also ensure that the new team that i'm going to that i've i've given them enough uh time like i i give them enough time to onboard me as well uh so i think having that honest conversation with your manager is something that i feel has worked really well for me and i mean there's nothing wrong right at the end of the day you're a human who has aspirations who has interests who wants to be challenged at work uh so i think uh, there is uh, nothing wrong in admitting that okay you know certain things right now aren't feeling uh, um as challenging as they used to be or i've done enough of this or i feel like i'm doing the same thing over and over again 
so I think it's first very important for you to identify what you're feeling or what you're going through and for you to articulate it and put it forward to your manager. And I'm, uh, and I was really uh, blessed to have amazing managers who understood it every single time and have helped me through every single time as well to so, make uh, the switch. Can you run us through, uh, probably you can take uh, in any one of the roles and how you worked with your manager and probably you may have had to work with the other team where you're going to go and join uh, because you, you just can't one fine day wake up and say, I'm sorry, you know, I think I've got bored of this and now I need a change and uh, you're given another another opportunity, right? It doesn't work that way. And the other challenge also what I see is you have been a very good performer throughout. So it makes sense for every manager to retain you in their team. So can you tell me like what exactly are the subtle things that you had done to convince your manager as well as uh, what all are the prerequisite things that you did so that you can take control? Uh, I think uh, one thing that I find in my work with, I, I'm a very diligent individual. <laughs> I will I will finish my work as expected. Uh, so generally when I'm thinking about a switch or when I start applying or speaking to, you know, different people saying that I want to move on or I want to make a switch and stuff, I ensure I'm doing it transparently and honestly in all aspects, right? Like I speak to the new hiring manager, uh, let him know that, okay, uh, this is what I'm working on currently. So these are my commitments that I already have over here, which I need to complete before I make the switch. Also let my manager uh, know that this is the expectation from their, the, the hiring managers and that, you know, I have to be joining the team, like let's say in two months period. Uh, so I try to keep that conversation very, very transparent between both parties. Uh, and what I also do is, let's say while I'm working on handing over my projects for my existing team, right? I also start the onboarding process in the new team where I start uh, picking up, let's say their documents, trying to understand what they're doing. Uh, make it a point to catch up with them maybe once or twice a week to understand what they do, uh, what I would be working on. Is there something that I can pick up already? Uh, so those things I sort of sometimes do to ensure that the process is smooth on both ends and so that I don't like completely struggle also when I move to the new team and start my onboarding really late. So I try to get myself onboarded slightly earlier. And given back then in Swiggy's context, things were a little simpler because I already had a lot of business context and I knew sort of the kind of projects that the new teams were doing. And that's primarily what would have interested me to want to move to that team. So I, I would do my groundwork well enough in advance to like give the manager the faith that the onboarding will be quick and smooth. Uh, so can you elaborate more on the groundwork? Because if we take a step back, uh, when you want to go and apply for another role, you need to convince that manager that you're going to bring something to the table, uh, which he probably may not get from someone else. So yeah. uh, what's the kind of groundwork that you do before approach the your next manager? So uh, I think one, what I sincerely do is I try to find out what's happening in the company. This is something I have been doing since 2016. I always, I'm super curious to know what others are working on, what are the problems they're solving, uh, what are different teams looking at, what's the next big thing the company's going to work on. So I, I'm always having conversations with people. Uh, I'm always reaching out to people, understanding what they're trying to do. So let's say in that process, I do find out, okay, there's something interesting over here or there is someone looking like, you know, looking out. So in my product operations example, I knew that someone was looking out for new members for their team. I knew someone was setting up a team. 
uh, and product operations was something that I started reading up about, like what is product operations, what are they expected to do, uh, sounded like something very new. And I sort of also spoke to some people from the product management team to understand, you know, uh, what's the plan for the team and, uh, you know, is this sort of something that I can do. Uh, so that's when a lot of people also introduced me to a lot of details about product management. And uh, I kind of made the judgment that, okay, maybe let me try this out. Let me see if I fit in. Let me see if this is something that's uh, challenging enough for me. Or uh, let me see, is this something that's going to like, you know, uh, open newer opportunities for me, right? Like from product operations, product management, uh, what are my options, et cetera. So I did a lot of my research on that. And that's when I approached the manager and I told them like, you know, my point of it on why I wanted to be a part of that team, wanted to understand what they had in mind about the team, uh, what are the kind of things that we would be doing. Uh, so I think it was a very nice conversation in terms of my expectations as well as their expectations. And uh, it's sort of like a mutual agreement of, okay, like this is what you get if you are a part of this team. And uh, even I can lay down, okay, these are my expectations in terms of like, hey, uh, I would like to work, let's say, uh, on the newer, let, let's say back then new initiatives was becoming a thing in Swiggy, right? So I, I had told uh, the hiring manager that, hey, will, will we be working on new initiatives? Can I be a part of that? Uh, so then the hiring manager said, yeah, like, you know, that's something that interests you, then you can work on that. Uh, but also specifically trying to set up things on the CX front, if that is something that uh, interests you, uh, we're working on processes for them. So maybe you can think about that as well. So that's how, like, we sort of discussed the problem statements and uh, it's, it's sort of for me also to let them know that, okay, these are my interests and it's for them also to tell me, okay, this is what we have. These are the kind of things we'll be doing and let us know if, you know, this matches with uh, what you want to do or, or is it in line with what you are looking for. And uh, post that though, there are rounds of interviews and uh, there are some conversations that you have to do to get through to these roles. So I've been through, I think, yeah, every switch has been sort of, there has been a procedure of a couple of rounds of conversations before you actually get the role. Uh, and but throughout this process, I have always, always kept my current manager in the loop, uh, letting them know about wh whatever progress I have made on the conversation so that I don't like abandon them one fine day, wake up and say that, hey, I'm not going to be there in the team from tomorrow. So that wouldn't uh, be nice of me to do. So I sort of always kept it transparent between my managers saying that this is how, like, I think it, it should work out. Like I've always even wanted to help out. Uh, even if I've moved to a new team, I've, you know, uh, people can still reach out to me. People who are, let's say, taking over my part of the work in my previous team can always reach out to me and, you know, get help. So I, I think it's, it's all in good faith, right? Like people uh, would want to help out. I mean, and my managers have been very nice about ensuring that I find good things to do. I find things, uh, I, I work on things that I'm interested in and I find challenging. So that's worked out in my favor, I guess. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, you told that, you know, the, the basis of uh, many of this is the curiosity that you have in what's happening around you. And uh, that kind of, you know, triggers you to even find what you're interested in and then, you know, focus on those things. It's quite, that's quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. God. So, so, so to summarize, Omada, uh, I think as you rightly mentioned, right? So it does not happen over time. I think in general, one should keep their eyes and ears open on what is happening uh, across the company. You have to start looking for new things and, and that sort of uh, helps you understand on what you want to do. And I think initially uh, for the listeners who are actually uh, 
starting their careers or are actually uh, in their career one year down the line and 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 after college it's not very clear on what you want to do right so this sort of gives you a good idea be aware and be uh, curious about what is happening so that it actually helps you uh, decide where you want to go in the future as well so that's i think yeah. that's one uh, take away for me from this next is uh, setting the expectations right i think that's very important uh, overall if you set the expectations right with your manager or with the people you're working with that sort of uh, keeps everyone on the same page on what to expect and what not to expect and i think that sort of helps uh, uh, avoid the mishaps or the uh, the problems that people might or you might would have ended up in where you would have said ki okay uh, i am aspirational and i want to move out but you would not have set that expectation with your manager then that would have ended badly but because you were very clear and very honest about that i think that sort of helped you keep the relationship very good and you did not burn the bridges with them as well so be honest and transparent and the third thing is be professional even if you are actually going to join a different team that does not mean that you are going to sort of drop off your work and the quality of work that you are doing there so i think in general always be professional uh it was your responsibility and you have to ensure that the show must go on and the bars that you have set up should be at that level and you actually uh, do the transition very well correct and one last thing which uh, i think people generally sort of uh, worry about is there is nothing wrong in being aspirational i think uh, if you are being aspirational yeah. you are not doing anything wrong i think that's uh, natural and you should be okay you should sort of openly talk about it and uh, i think slowly and steadily people will also understand saying okay this is the aspiration but till the time you are professional and it's not impacting your work i think uh, it's okay to be uh, being that so i think that's something which has to be normalized overall people generally sort of think that they are doing something wrong by being aspirational and they are not being uh, fair to the work that they are doing uh, uh, i actually have a story where i have felt that way where i've uh, felt bad that uh, i want to work in a new team how do i have this conversation with my manager uh, you know what is she going to think of me is she going to just like you know uh, shoot me down saying that you know you just decide one day that you want to do this uh, i told her this very thing that i i thought about it that maybe doing this because it's really not nice of me to you know want to just switch teams uh, in fact my manager and my skip level manager i in fact felt the responsibility that i also need to inform my skip level manager that i am deciding to move on to another team and my skip level manager made very clear saying you have to like there is nothing wrong in being aspirational you have to always be aspirational right that's important that's how you're going to grow that's how you're going to learn that's how you're going to uh, reach out to newer heights right uh so that put in a lot of confidence in me and now i really don't feel bad about those conversations or i i wouldn't think twice like i i'm really glad i made those moves and i actually reached out to people so when you get into these new roles uh, are you confident how do you work on your confidence i i of course have to put a very confident face when i'm working in a new team and especially i've worked on teams which are like being built from scratch right so everyone's like going out to you and like what are you doing what are you working on uh, what is this new team uh, but uh, yeah there is a lot of like if we all go through there is a phase that you go through when a new team is being formed right like uh, you're still figuring out what you're supposed to be doing you're still figuring out your uh, plan you're figuring out what your uh, what's the future for the team you're figuring out uh, how how do we communicate to people what we do how do we communicate within the team so we've all been through that phase but i think i've taken those phases as learnings for every role that i've moved there's always that period of 
change where, you know, you go through that little bit of, uh, you know, you don't feel so stable when you move to a new team. Uh, there are so many changes that you have to probably change your way of working a little bit to be to communicate with people. So I think that initial phase of change is something that everyone goes through with a little bit of discomfort. But uh, I sort of feel like it's learning. Like, it's great. Like, yeah, there is discomfort. There is uh, There are like unknowns. But uh, you'll have to figure out a way to like just get through it. And uh, maybe yeah, it can take a month, it can take two months, it can take a quarter, but you, you'll get through it. So is it that you're not afraid to fail? At that point of time when I'm moving to the new team? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Like I will, I'm, I'm just going to take learnings out of it. Even if I do fail, it's, it's, all, for, it's all for a good cause. Like I'll, I'll know what I did wrong there and I will try not to do it the next time. I think it's not only in jobs, I think in personal life as well, when you're actually moving from your comfort zone to a uh, new territory, you are going to feel nervous, you are going to be uh, afraid because there are going to be unknowns, right, as right, Omona mentioned. But I think, but there is going to be that excitement of you're going to learn something new and and the new territory, what, what new things can you basically sort of you are getting into something new and actually will be able to sort of get into this new uh, area which no one has actually explored right? explored right so building things from scratch that will give you a different kind of excitement right there are things that you will always have done but i think it sort of puts you in that territory so in general don't worry about i think people generally think saying is it it's only them and there are the people who are easily able to uh, do these transitions but it's not that it's not that easy and it's for everyone just that they put as Omona mentioned right she keeps a confident face overall but I think at the back of the mind everyone is anxious and worried about because you are going from a comfort zone to a non-comfort zone and that is applicable in general in life as well in your personal life as well whenever you're moving from a say city to a new city uh, that sort of you have that thing okay how am I going to because I have a routine I have to set up new routine find new places etc etc but I think there are always pros and cons to these circling back to our earlier conversation we were talking about you moving to product ops that please Omona, please great. explain please explain first that what is product operations i think uh, people want to know about it i personally want to know more about it <laughs> i've been in product so i understand my understanding has improved over a period of time but i think people should know about what is product operations uh so when i joined product operations uh, I specifically was a part of the go-to-market strategy team, right? Where we uh, work on, suppose, if there is a product that is going to be launched or if there is a new uh, concept, which is, of course, supported by a product that is going to go out in the market. Uh, we, as a team, uh, will be responsible right from the time that the product is ready to be shipped till we ship it until it, till that product is scaled. Uh, now, when I joined product operations, I did not know about this. Let's be very honest. Uh, we, I, I just like took the, you know, jump right there saying that, okay, this is something interesting. So my manager explained to me, this is what you're going to be working on. Uh, this is what, you know, is expected of you. And, but let me be very honest with you. Even we are still figuring out what it's going to be like. Uh, so we'll have to like, like, I like this was, I was the laboratory of the experiment, right? Like we'll have to figure it out on the go on how we can contribute and what we can do. And what do we take away that as a team, this is what we will deliver on. Uh, so I think I, that's how I started out. And over time, as I did my first project, as I did my second project, and like, I, I think I did about two, three projects when I was in uh, product operations, I came, I, I sort of started understanding it. And I started telling people, in fact, no, this is what we do. Uh, 
so when I so specifically, I particularly only worked on uh, go-to-market uh, strategy and uh, execution. Uh, so what we did was uh, like after my first two projects is what I realized was if there is a product that is supposed to be shipped from Swiggy, uh, it is our job to ensure that we have the entire plan of how to ship this product in place because it's not just the product which needs to go live uh, but it's also how you launch that product which makes a huge difference right who is it going to who, who are the people who are going to see this first uh, what are you going to offer with it what are you going to tell the users about it how will the user know that this product is available uh, so it was our job to ensure that we had a plan in place we execute that plan with all the relevant stakeholders let's say uh, a lot of set of people would have to come together to ensure that this product launch is successful, right? Uh, so we worked with all the stakeholders. We sort of program managed that execution. And once we are out of that initial phase of launch, uh, once we, let's say, we have a sign-off saying that, okay, this product is stable, uh, people are figuring out what it is, people have started adopting to it, and that's when we realize, okay, this is ready for scale. We write an entire playbook of how do you replicate this experience, right? Like how do you, uh, if you've done this for let's say X set of users, how do you take this to like, let's say the next hundred users or the next thousand users? So we write the entire plan down in the form of a playbook so that whoever wants to replicate this uh, in terms of whether uh, I want to launch this in another geography, I want to launch it, let's say in an area, then that person can just pick up this playbook and execute it just step by step. So that's sort of what we did. Our deliverable at the end was, ensure we do the launch successfully and ensure we have set the entire playbook in place so that anyone can do this launch now. And in that process, we also do a lot of iterations, right? Like, uh, let's say we did the first launch, we figured out there were a bunch of issues with uh, certain things, uh, note that down, iterate on it, reach out to the product managers, work with the product managers on what are the iterations we should be looking at, uh, put that back into the product, relaunch the product, make changes in the processes in, in the way you will launch it. Uh, so it's been like a huge learning experience for me at that point of time. Like I had no idea about any of this. I just picked it up on the go, figured it out. Okay, this is how it's to be done. Look back. My manager was always standing behind me saying, go for it. This is how it's going to be. Uh, we'll figure something out. So yeah, I think that's how it is. But today in, in Swiggy, product operations is pretty decently defined. We've got our GTM team. We've got a support team. Uh, I think we've got a team that primarily looks at processes and communication. So I think it's very much uh, gotten a good structure now. But back then when I was working, it was one project at a time figuring out how to uh, launch products. But yeah, that sort of opened avenues for me uh, to realize that, hey, product is something that I find very interesting. Like I have an opinion on product. I have uh, something called as product sense. I understand certain things. Uh, and again, I was having conversations with more people, with more product managers. And then I realized like, Hey, maybe this is something that I, I could like start doing as well. And, uh, I'm already doing, let's say a little bit of the working very closely with product managers, launching the products, ensuring that these are successful product launches. Uh, why don't I start right from the conceptualization? So that's how I ended up thinking about product management. Okay. So to someone who doesn't understand, uh, product ops or gtm how would you explain to them with an example probably many may think i mean at the end of the day it's a software release you have released it and now it's available now what yeah. are you doing after that what exactly goes into uh, the product ops so let's let's take the example of uh, stores i mean that's our 
longest running uh, product GTM that I had worked on. Uh, so I think I, I was on the project from the time when the product was being built, not maybe in the conceptualization phase, not in the phase when let's say people were still thrashing out the key decisions of what needs to go into the product, et cetera. But we were in a phase where we were decently sure of what is the MVP that's going to come out, right? Like, what are we going to be launching for, for our first set of users? Uh, so then we started planning on how will we launch this? So one very important question that we had to uh, answer was how will we make this launch? What will we do to ensure that we break this product into market the right way for the right set of users for us to get the right understanding of what we built is actually working uh, or not, which is where we start to understand the product market fit, right? Uh, so I think uh, the project given to me at that point of time was that, hey, we're in a phase where we need to figure out the GTM of this uh, project. So I think we started out with understanding uh, this is the kind of product, uh, this is what it will take for us to get this together to make the launch. Uh, so for stores particularly, we had to figure out there is a supply side to things. We needed to onboard a bunch of, let's say, online, uh, sorry, grocery stores, uh, different types of stores onto the platform saying that, hey, you will be a part of this product, right? Which is the offering called stores. Uh, then we worked with the ops teams to figure out, okay, these are certain different types of orders that our delivery partners will have to start dealing with. So how do we ensure that we train them? Uh, then we started working with marketing as well, saying that, okay, this is a different brand within Swiggy that is going to get launched? How do we position ourselves? How do we reach out to the user? Uh, so we sort of worked with different teams and put together a plan of how will we do this launch? Once the plan was in place, we started doing dry runs, which is uh, we would place test orders, we would place a bunch of dummy orders amongst the team and like figure out, okay, what's breaking? What's uh, what is the time it's taking to get an order delivered? How are the store managers responding? Are they able to follow these orders? We needed to train them. Uh, so we worked on all of those things. We did a dry run. And then we also identified, okay, we will start out with launching in a small city because uh, let's say there were a couple of X users and uh, that, that user base sort of fits the kind of profile that we're going after with this product. That's how it's positioned. So let us try and launch it there. Get some core hypothesis tested. One is, are people using this? Are people liking the service? Are people uh, looking out for us for those use cases? Are we able to hold the service? Are we able to, let's say we have done a promise of saying you will get your um, orders and groceries within, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes. Are we able to do that? Uh, are we able to make people understand what we do? So that launch sort of helps the product and the business teams understand that the offering that we've put out in the market, is it checking the boxes of what I imagined, what, how I positioned this offering. So that entire phase was where I worked very closely with the product team, with the business team, with on-ground teams to get the launch running. I sort of program managed the entire thing, uh, worked very closely with the teams to understand how to plan this out, what are the timelines we're going to look at, uh, how do we ensure we meet the timelines? Uh, how do we set up cadences uh, within the team of getting updates every day? You know, are people moving? Are we stuck somewhere? Do we need to do something to unblock someone? So there was like a lot of program management also. And then of course, post the launch, there was a phase of learning where we are daily gauging how things are going on ground, what's breaking, what do we need to fix? Uh, what are the learnings we're taking out of this so that we can replicate this experience, let's say in another city. So that's sort of what the entire GTM phase was and what was expected of the GTM manager. Got it. So Umana, to actually summarize, uh, 
the GTM plan in general covers uh, where is a product going to launch. So you mentioned it's a small city. Uh, there are certain parameters and decision inputs that you would have taken into consideration. Uh, when is going to release? So keeping the product timeline in mind and certain action items based on different teams, uh, uh, right? So, so sort of all the teams and all the pieces of the puzzle have to come together to actually yeah. make that launch, right? And yeah. how is it going to launch? So what are the things that you have to uh, ensure that it uh, shows up to uh, shows up for people who you intended to and what are the uh, steps are needed to actually make that live? Uh, and w- what are the things that will... Uh, uh, so and overall, uh, you also define success metrics and check metrics, right? So for example, you launched in a city, as you were mentioning, there's customer feedback that is coming in and there are certain uh, criteria that you would have defined in the plan saying, ki, hey, if 50 or 60% of the customers come back and say, ki, hey, it's a good service, you then go on to the next step of the plan. Otherwise, so it, it's a basic if and else. If the feedback is yeah. positive, you go and launch in other cities. If the feedback is uh, negative, you go back to the drawing board and do an RCA, uh, coordinate with all the yeah. teams. So as you mentioned, right, uh, program manage with all the teams on uh, what is going wrong. And then you fix those things, uh, keep the feedback loop coming, and then you keep on fixing till the time you have uh, hit the metrics. Then you can go ahead and launch it in different cities. Uh, yeah. Is that a good support? And, and for people who, uh, I think uh, Omana uh, mentioned stores, right? So it was basically a, uh, a service for Swiggy customers where you can buy anything from uh, uh, nearby stores and you can just create a list or choose from a catalog. And so if, for example, MK Retail is a nearby store for you or a big bazaar or big bazaar, probably not, but a small store near your uh, house is some from where something you want to you want to buy, say grocery or meat, etc. etc. You can actually go and send a le- delivery partner to buy stuff for you. So that that was the overall offering. And uh, I think Omana covered very well on uh, what are the things you keep in mind and how how do you actually think of the plan, etc. etc. I think uh, that's uh, mostly the role of product ops in general. So Omana, um, after you moved into uh, product management. How were the first few days and uh, what were the challenges that you faced and how did you, uh, you know, work on addressing those? First few days were crazy. It was, it was like, it was super overwhelming and uh, like everyone's got a very fast life in product management. Everyone's chasing, like they've got their product, they've got their planning, they're working on strategy, they're executing and everyone's like always moving right and you're the one who's just got onto this train or whatever it is and like you're not up to speed yet so that feeling was really difficult initially I think uh, that's how this has been one of my most difficult changes uh, where uh, you know because it's, it's a new world for me and you've already had a little bit of this intimidating sense of okay uh, you need to do a lot more than what you did before. There are a lot of other things over here. You need to do a lot of more decision making, a lot of, uh, you know, planning, working on strategy, etc. Uh, so I think initial phase was quite, uh, uh, I would say, overwhelming. But uh, again, I think it's it's a part of your learning of figuring out how to get out of these phases and how to like get up to speed, right? So I... Uh, I was actually very, very fortunate that I had amazing colleagues, uh, Mayank, uh, Ronak, then I think all the other product managers who were a part of uh, my team helped me immensely throughout that phase. Like 
I, I'm, I'm a person who's not going to not ask questions. So I would always go back to them at the end of the day, ask questions, uh, tell them, okay, this is how I'm thinking of things. Or this is what I'm doing. Uh, does this seem right? Is this the right way to go about it? So I think I navigated through that period by just reaching out to people. Uh, and product managers are never free. It's not easy to get their time. It is not easy to get your manager's time uh, especially, uh, let's say at the end of the quarter, I think I joined when, when the quarter planning was getting closed or at the beginning. So that's like a really crazy phase. So I barely got any time with my manager back then. Uh, so I would end up reaching out to like all of these people and they would really, really take the time out to like help me out. Even if it meant like, I was okay with like, even at the end of the day, I would just wait and be like, Hey, just help me out. Uh, you know, help me figure these things out. And I think they've been really helpful. And I've also realized over time that it's just about you reaching out. You reach out to people. No one's ever going to say no. People are going to help you out. People are going to, I'm not saying people are going to tell you the right answer, but people are going to tell you the direction to go in. And I think that's a great start uh, for you to figure out from there, right? So I sort of navigated that entire period by just reaching out to people and talking to different people on how to get through it. Okay. If you look back at your career, um, it looks like you have you you have planned your entire journey, and uh, every step that you have taken is based on the learning from the previous. So, was it actually planned, or did everything just turn out like this? It just it's just been like that. I actually now that I look back and now that you mentioned. It's just been like that. Like I've made switches just looking back at, okay, this is something I did before or this is something I learned before. Uh, this is what I take with me. And I'm growing every time when I'm moving, right? So I'm, I'm getting slightly wiser and older <laughs> with every move. So now I sort of like have, I, I, sort of, I, I sort of know how to make the switch. I sort of know what to do, uh, where to go, uh, where to reach out or who to reach out to to make these moves or how do you navigate internally so it's been uh all this while it's just been happening like i've never planned for these things i just go for it but uh, now when i look back that yeah it, it seems like it like i had a plan <laughs> so you basically have created a gtm plan for uh, switching that is a gtm plan for myself <laughs> Great, Umana, um, I just have uh, one question from my side. Uh, do you do anything to uh, keep yourself uh, up to date with what's happening in the industry? So, yeah, I actually make it a point to keep in touch with people. I make it a point to speak to people from different teams, from different uh, organizations, from different industries. Uh, it just helps me to be aware. I think that's what is more important uh, over and above of just opportunities to make job switches. But I think that awareness is very important and uh, it's uh, it's also very refreshing right you get new perspective you get uh, so i think that's the thing that's worked for me and that's how i keep myself updated have like very very important to be aware a follow-up question how do you uh, do that uh, in the current times i do calls i i i do a lot of calls like i speak to uh like i i chat with mayank over weekends just a random chat about <laughs> hey what's up how's it going what are you doing and uh, I think yeah in the current context it's a little tough earlier when I had uh, a lot of social <laughs> events to <laughs> attend to I could speak to more people and in general I think earlier also we were all in office and uh, it was a 
like people were involved with each other more like you know over lunch or tea and stuff like that so it was simpler but yeah in the current context it's become slightly difficult but i think it's it's nice to speak to someone for a change over the weekend right apart from your work colleagues who you're working with every day or your family it's it's a, it's a good thing to do so i try to keep that up by just reaching out to let's say an ex- old colleague who probably is doing something else today and i just reach out to them to have a conversation Omana, one last question uh, from me. Uh, so you have moved into product quite recently, right? So, uh, is there, so is there any advice that you have for uh, the aspiring PMs who want to get into product and have been in working for, say, a couple of years and now want to move to product and understand more uh, about them, about PM? Yeah, I think uh, from my experience so far, I, th- I think you should just go with things that, you really want to do if product management is something that you want to do and but you're just intimidated by the details or overwhelmed by uh, let's say thinking about the amount of work or let's say it uh, it being too technical etc just go for it if this is something that you think uh, interests you uh, just go with the positive mindset of that you will be able to figure it out i think the mindset is really important in this entire uh, journey and i think you'll learn if you have the right mindset to take a plunge into this. Got it, got it. I think that's uh, uh, it from our end. And I think one uh, disclaimer, uh, uh, people who are sort of getting into product management and if the, you think that you will actually have someone doing a product offer, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, a lot of companies don't have a product operations team set up. And if you were getting into product, you and, and also uh, as you grow as well, there is some product operations work that you will keep doing and that's 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 the job that is your responsibility so it's not like you will have someone to do the uh, product ops or define gtms etc etc and you should be very clear uh, and crisp about how do you actually define a go to market strategy for the products that you're going to ship so on those lines we actually have a very small safe fun activity uh, for you so maybe so we have talked about uh, a tipping feature in some of our previous podcast just to adding on to that imagine that you are a you are a product operations uh, person for say uber uh, uber uber pool or ola share and you have the responsibility to define the go to market strategy for uh, that feature so how do you actually go about it uh, and how will you define the go to market strategy uh, think about uh, you can always google a lot of frameworks if you want but you can generally very basically think about if you would be in a place where you have to launch this feature how will you think about it uh, where do you want to launch it how would you want to launch it when do you want to launch it what are the success metrics that you will uh, keep in mind how do you define success for that feature and how do you go and scale it to all the world as well so that's a, just a small activity you can always reach out to us with your solutions if we 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 will definitely try to evaluate and give you feedback uh, around what what uh, how, how what was your solution and how you can actually improve and what what are the good things you have done what are the what is the scope of improvement on that front as well great so you can reach us on twitter at pm underscore journey or you can email us at product management 0100 at gmail.com now if someone would like to reach out to you uh, how can they uh, get in touch with you uh you can reach out to me on linkedin my full name is omona mitra feel free to reach out to me for uh, to know more about what product operations is if you're trying to make the switch 
manage internally uh if you're uh, if you have some inhibitions about product management so feel free to write to me uh, more than happy to help out great thank you very much umana for coming here and educating our listeners and to all of you listening to this podcast if you like this podcast uh, please give your review in spotify or apple podcast and share it with your friends you can get in touch uh through our twitter handle and gmail which i shared earlier thank you again very much for listening in